Welcome to Welcome to Primetime, a show covering the Freddy Krueger-hosted anthology series Freddy's Nightmares, one episode at a time. I'm Brennan Klein. Every episode is brought to you by listeners who donated to the Okra Project. Donations are now closed. Thank you so much to everybody who contributed. This week's patron is Cassidy Wine, our guest returning from last episode. He's the co-host of In Quest of Geek, Nerds on a Roll, and the upcoming actual play podcast Moon Harbor Heroes. It's JPG. Welcome back. Thank you again for having me. Definitely appreciate You're it. so very welcome. Um, so, we're here today. We've gathered here today. To talk about season two, episode 12 of Freddy's Nightmares, it's my party and you'll die if I want you to. And were you even a network television show in the 80s if you didn't have an episode that was a pun on that song title? Yeah, or had something that had to do with a, uh, with a high school reunion. Dear Lord. Okay. Um, we'll, we have to get there. It's going to happen. Um, <laughs> but the original air date of this episode... December 24th, Christmas Eve, 1989. <laughs> no. Yes. You you were making that I up. I am not. Oh, my God. So, there were people that sat at their that sat at their TVs Christmas Eve and watched this. I'm sure there is at least two. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, the both of us, but not on no, Christmas Eve. No, of course Eve. not. I mean, well, okay, I, I'm not above that, but I'd probably be watching like a Silent Night, Deadly Night movie or something. Um, I appreciate the um, like you being holiday focused. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yes, here's what you could have watched instead in theaters that weekend. You could have watched Born on the Fourth of July, also a weird, a weird choice for Christmas Eve. <laughs> what? Um, and the, the movie Always and Tango and Cash. Tango and Cash came out this weekend. Yes, it did. <laughs> Merry Christmas, one and all. <laughs> Man, the 80s were wild. Yeah, I don't understand a single thing that I just said. <laughs> like, I was like I was born in the 80s, but I don't remember anything too much about it, right? And, like, I remember a few things, but, man, that, is a, that was a wild yeah, weekend. Yeah, you, you missed out. Um, yeah, the, writer, the writers of this episode are David Braff and Jonathan Glasner. They did a bunch of these. Director... Once again, is Tom DeSimone. Um, okay, so here's the cast. Oh, I think, I think, because you mentioned last episode that there was someone in this cast that you kind of recognized. Yes, yeah, it was the 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 young, it was like the young assistant, yes. and then it was alluded that he was in an episode before this, yes. correct? Um, that previous episode is called Photo Finish. He is the assistant for a woman who is a photographer, and all of her models are menaced by Freddy Krueger, and that's how she gets her good shots, and then Freddy plucks at her eyes in the end. Um, so, but that guy, his name is Richard Spate Jr. Um, he is Loki on Supernatural. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Now I know who he is. Um, yeah. So that, that's what I figured. Cause my friend Ryan Larson was on this show for that episode and he brought that up. He brought that to my attention. <laughs> um, also in this episode is as, as the character of Harry Lee, we have John Fujioka, um, he's one of those hardworking Japanese actors who has been in like hundreds of things and played literally every type of Asian, <laughs> including Chinese, Vietnamese, and Korean. Yeah, and like Lee, that that lends to a few Asian like that lends to a few Asian countries. But then I do have to say, it was nice to like not see him in like a rice picker hat <laughs> or like you you know what I mean? Because like as an Asian uh-huh. person, right? Like. 
the 80s were not kind to us, Brennan. Like, I, I also, I know as a gay man, the 80s were not kind to you at all. So we're kind of in the same sort of boat, right? But it was cool to just be like, oh, yeah, he's in a suit. And he's, like, trying to, like, prove fake mediums. I'm okay with this. Yeah, he's, like, kind of a jerk. But also he, he's gainfully employed um, out in the world just doing his thing. And no one's like, wow, look at that Asian person. Now, I do have to say... He did fall for the trope of beautiful white woman comes at you. Um, but I know that you're going to get to that in the story, so okay. go for it. Well, fade in on the Springwood New Age Convention. Um, basically, our psychic, who's the lead character this time around, she is channeling William Murdoch, the first mate of the Titanic. And she does this really crappy like pirate character that would be like best placed in like a British pantomime. <laughs> Yeah, did did she think that just everybody who was on a boat talks like that? Or like Yeah, the second you step like, off land, I, I, like, you're like, Arr, matey. <laughs> <laughs> um, even on this fancy ass British li- cruise liner. <laughs> um, but Dr. Harry Lee, who we just mentioned, professional skeptic, um, she says something about how nobody checked the sonar, and he's like, Ha ha. They didn't have sonar during the Titanic. And everyone's like, fake, fake, I want a refund. And I'm like, look, you're at the Springwood New Age convention. You know there's some dicey stuff going on. Yeah, right? Like, why are you in the first place? There's like 40 people in this room, and that's 40 people too much for this. (laughs) That's very true. Especially this small, small, tiny town can provide this crowd. It's it's fascinating. Um, I mean, maybe they just want advice on how to not be murdered by Freddy Krueger. Do you think that this this was like their Comic-Con? Yeah, you know? yeah. Everyone's like... ca- crossing off their calendars, like signing up for tickets a year in advance to get into the New Age convention. At one hundred percent, like, oh hey, four of my friends got murdered in their sleep. Let's see if we can try and stop this. Yeah, they're like everyone's crowding the the courtyard Marriott, <laughs> <laughs> the Holiday Inn Express yeah. over here. Um, Freddy shows up in his little liminal space. He's like, "You shouldn't mess with the dead. Take it from me." I'm dead, which is actually kind of funny. I did, I did like that one. <laughs> that, God, that's such an awful line, but I am here for it. Well, see, it. that kind of like crypt, cre- crypt keeper pun nonsense is what I want from this kind of show, and we don't get too oh, much. God, you know what? I have to go back and watch those also because those scared the crap out of me when I was a kid. Oh yeah, and they're they're effective, and also that's that's some HBO stuff, so they they go a lot of places that this network television show could not. Um, but so the return of everyone's favorite character, Oliver Michaels, the extremely cute, uh, assistant for that photographer in, in photo finish. Um, he also brings back the return of everyone's favorite slang word that didn't exist in the eighties. Racky. Um, wait, 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 wait. Are we calling the assistant cute? Do you not think he's cute? Oh, oh, okay, wait, are, are we talking about, like, aesthetically or, like, personality Oh, his personality is horrible. Yeah, because I was going to say, man, like, that dude's a piece of trash. Oh, yeah. So, oh, like, so, aesthetically, yes, I will agree with you. That's a handsome dude. That's an objective handsome dude. But then, like, he kept talking about, like, negative energies and, like, waves and all this stuff. And then, like, that was just the kind of stuff that even in the 80s you should have gotten punched for. <laughs> um... I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, personally look the uh, the views of JPG do not reflect the views of Welcome to Primetime. Um, <laughs> no, I know. 
Please take that as a joke. I know, I know. I'm just trying to make jokes right now. Um, but yeah, no, he's he's annoying in a very new agey way, and also in the like kind of predatory on women way, and he's he's not a good character. But uh, I thought he was annoying in the sense where like that was a quintessential '80s teenager. Oh yeah, and he's very yeah. pushy too. He gets his jobs by just showing up and being like, "I work for you now." Later on, though, like once you do like go through the entirety of the series, can you tell me if he gets murdered or not? I don't think he comes back, unfortunately. Oh man, because he should have probably gotten murdered. Definitely, he he's like the comic relief later on, pointlessly. Um, but yeah, so. He he uses the word racky to describe things as cool, which was a, a hallmark of that last episode. Um, but she has this rock, um, and he's like, racky rock, which is my favorite line of the episode. Oh, my God. That's what the word meant? Yeah. It's just it's this fake, like, Diablo Cody slang word that they made up for. <laughs> Diablo Cody slang word. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I'm glad you appreciate that. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I just now I don't even know where to go on that one. That's such a good reference. Like my brain kind of stopped. Is that weird? Um, look, I, I just have that effect on people. It's fine. Thank you. Um, he does get hired for ten dollars an hour, which is actually also not bad in this economy. Still, <laughs> like, yeah, right. Like, so that would have been amazing in that. Like, he probably could have bought a house in about three. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he he's rolling in it. Um. So he's basically going to be her assistant looking for rubes to kind of con money out of. Um, she's like, okay, so while my channeling is fake, I do enter a trance to kind of enhance the reality of it. So you got to kind of protect me also. And I just, what does that even mean? What does that mean? I enter, I enter a trance. You know, like a, a, a state of non-thinking. But I don't know. She takes some melatonin gummies and stares out into the crowd. <laughs> Man, don't don't joke about those, dude. You have like you have two Z quills and you're just you're loopy. Oh yeah, <laughs> no that 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 puts me in a trance. Um, <laughs> yeah, so she has this friend named Barry Dean, and they have a bet that that like they are trying to like con the most money out of some random people, and she owes him a hundred dollars because he like convinced a big time like big shot movie producer that his house was haunted by the three stooges and he earned like fifteen thousand dollars in three hours um so basically she's doing a trance thing again for the next show she's like speak to us and freddie's like don't mind if i do babe it ain't mickey mouse and like i don't know why anyone would think it was but okay (laughs) it's not a great line like it's it's both not a great line and a great line at the same time. Yeah, which is honestly the best kind of tone for this show to strike. Um, but yeah, so basically Freddy's going to try to possess her um, from this trance state and like kind of control her body. And it's really interesting too because like she never breaks out of the trance, the trance state in the like in the episode, right? Like it's like you you would think like that at one point. Freddie just like loses a grip or something, right? But like it's for most of the episode. Yeah, she's just that Nyquil is really strong. She took too much. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the Oliver, the 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 cute but horrible young man, 
is flirting with this model at one of the booths and he's like, Oh, you posed for Stony Adler once. And that, that's another reference to that other episode. Um, mm-hmm. But basically there's, there's this client who walks by that he sends up upstairs to, you know, try to be conned out of money. But the client is Harry Lee. So the model lady's like, you fucked with, up with honestly kind of a convincing way. Yeah, at first I did not think it was him. <laughs> Yeah, like, I was like, oh my gosh, like, that is, once again, man, props guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, I thought that was a pretty good convincing Yeah, and wig. props to John Fujioka, man's a chameleon. He's played every nationality under the sun. <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, so basically, she's kind of, mad, like, tied to a chair in her own mind while Freddy controls her body. Um, And... Oh, see, and another horny moment, too, because he makes her take off her clothes. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, uh, like, you know, th- of course, you know, with, like, the the forced sexual implications of it, too. It, it, I appreciate how gross they played it. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, that's not a scene that's necessarily meant to titillate, although that's certainly why it's included. But mm-hmm. it's, it's, you're meant to be like, oh, this is bad. I don't like this. But then, you know, for, like, prepubescent boys in the 80s, they're like, yes, older lady getting naked. Uh, You win some, you lose some. Um, There is another one of those, like, kind of well-proportioned, like, campy, dumb lines um, of he... Basically, he's in the body of I I don't even think I wrote her name down, but Harry Lee is in her hotel room now, and he's like, he's offering him a drink he's like i can't make you a bloody mary how about a bloody harry it just smashes him with a bottle oh yeah and he cuts his neck right yes (laughs) which okay can can i just mention um just how cavalier everybody is when there's a dead body because that that one sleazy dude and oliver come back yes they do and and a dead Harry Lee is on the ground, and she's like, "Oh uh, yeah, he killed yeah, she's himself." Like, Don't mind him; he's dead. <laughs> yeah, but then like nobody moves to like get the cops or like to call nine one one. They just hang out with her after. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, she'll get over." <laughs> um, but there's a but but that entire scene. Harry's just dead on the ground, and then they find the girl that's dead in the room too. Yeah, it's a it's a problem. They're a little uh, apathetic. <laughs> Why is everybody so cavalier about people dying and then just talking in the same room that somebody has a dead body in? I wish I knew. And th- this is like this this type of behavior would would not be out of place in like a post scream era film where like the teens are so disaffected and they're like i'm cooler than this like whatever i don't care uh, but like in this era it makes no sense um they do try to motivate her out of her trance and they're like well there's only one thing that does this so also maybe i love this episode actually because it just cuts to them throwing coins at her and going, the power of money compels you. <laughs> money compels you. <laughs> yeah, and then, because, like, they have to, they figure out that they have to do an exorcism, which I don't know how, like, hokey, fake medium school goes, but I do appreciate the logical leap in, like, towards the right track. Yeah, they, they, they did it. And yeah. And then um, I also don't understand, because there is that cutaway of, oh, we figured out that she is 
possessed. Mm. So we're going to have to do what's what was in the film, The Exorcist, yeah. right? But then the next scene is her tied to the bed and then the throwing gold coins at her. Um, and, and then... Uh, which, by the way, I, I gotta tell you, my wife walked oh, no. in on that particular scene, and um, so, so I mean, Ren, you know, you know, Alex, and um, but like something we always talk about on the show is that she's Jewish, and that's like <laughs> she walked in on a very offensive scene for her oh. culture. <laughs> And then I had to like explain, like, no, 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 I'm watching this because Brennan asked me. Oh, okay, to. just throw me under the bus. <laughs> yeah, I know, because I panicked. I'm sorry. Excuse you, I am one six between one sixteenth and one eighth Jewish. Thank you very much. Oh, okay, also, also fair. That's fair. I'll give you that. <laughs> That's my escape hatch. Yeah, but then like my my question for that is, how did Freddie let them tie her to the bed? Freddie works in mysterious ways. Was it just like, was he like, oh, tied me to the bed. I'm into this, right? Like, because I don't know, because he's supposed to be gross, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe it's that, but also I think, well, because he does like kind of try to trick them into saying like, oh, I'm back before he knocks them out. So maybe this is kind of part of his, his long game. And then... So they hold hands after this, right? And they like have to get into a trance in order to save her. Mm. So I understand how the dude understands how to get into a trance, but how does Oliver know how to get into a trance? He's just he's just wacky like that. Oh my god. <laughs> you know that meme from Mean Girls like stop trying to make Racky happen. Oh yeah, and they they don't stop. They will never stop. <laughs> um but yeah, so they enter the dream world. Barry gets or someone gets hit over the head with that pyramid rock that I vaguely mentioned earlier. It was uh, it was okay, the yeah. woman that that got possessed because um, Freddy during the whole trance takes over the sleazy guy. Yes, yes, because he has this really adorable line where he's like, "What's the matter with your body? Got a tummy ache?" And he's like, "Oh, it's a bleeding ulcer. I'll show you bleeding." And he stabs him in the stomach. Oh yeah, yeah, and like yeah. So then he kills the lady with the pyramid rock and then he kills him with yeah he kills him no did he rip out his heart Uh, dang it i can't no 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 that's that's from the other episode (laughs) yeah he just stabs him in the tummy i think he just stabs him in the tummy um and then oliver is just fully just present in this hotel room in a tie-dye shirt and he's like i do not have a good feeling about this yeah and then he pieces out right and what makes me mad about all this is that you see him in the next scene and he like works for the hotel now why but but that just shows you just like like a white person just get will get away with the with a room full of dead people and just be like oh no he's okay i'll let him work here now right once again man just let me wake up with the strength (laughs) Of one mediocre white dude. Yeah, yeah, one mediocre white man with a flock of seagulls haircut and the ability <sighs> to read auras. That is a great... You know what, man? That's a great haircut, though. I gotta say, like, I understand that we're supposed to hate some of the fashion from the 80s. I really do. I get it. But that's a great haircut. Oh, yeah. Haircut. No, it, it's it's so floofy. It's it's a real journey for the eyes. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, and, and I mean, like, as somebody who, who does his hair every morning... That, that's, that's a good um, start. That's, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of work, Oh, yeah, lots right? of teasing, to, to get too. the swish. Ugh. 
lots of teasing, lots of hairspray, lots of, uh, like, uh, uh, lots of blow dryer work. That's another one, too, man. Yeah, it, it it's fully like a two-hour process to, to, to look this good, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, in order to get my hair that fluffy, I have to spend a whole day, like, running around and just, like, being in the wind, and then it'll finally get there. <laughs> um okay yeah so he's like oh there's definitely bad karma in this room too much negative energy and he bolts and then freddy shows up in like a film negative kind of reverse image kind of situation he's like negative energy i've never been negative a day in my life i'm like okay what you're saying is one joke and what we're seeing is a different joke and they're not complimentary um I appreciate the the attempt at layers. Yes, though. and I, I appreciate the kind of like visual humor of it. Um, that the pun is actually like subtle. Well, it's not subtle, but like the the pun is present in the image and not by him saying something dumb, even though he's also saying something else that's dumb. <laughs> yeah, and like if it's two dumb things, does it cancel out into something funny? Like, is that the math of like saying dumb things? Maybe. Let, let's let's say it is and just you know try to be positive you know <laughs> okay so the second half of this episode this is the high school reunion portion of the show ladies and gentlemen non-binary folks everyone pay attention this is the most wet and wild episode um basically we see this couple lounging in bed um, and the dude's like, aren't you glad you decided to come to the reunion? You're not the same Denise I knew in high school. Uh, you're not a carpenter's dream anymore. Which, is this, is this a phrase that you've heard, JPG? Um, yes. Okay. Uh, but also because I have older cousins and, uh, you know, of course, like, there wasn't a great understanding of, of being nice to women. Fair. <laughs> It, yeah, it, like, I mean, I would say until just recently. Um, so, uh, yes, I've unfortunately heard that. Um, but I did want to interject and say, um, the scariest thing about this episode, about this part of the episode, is um, having to think about going to my high school reunion. And, like, that already sends a chill down <laughs> my spine because I don't, I don't, ever want to see anybody from my high school much less interact with them for a night and then be awkwardly drunk kind of around them and then kind of move in together briefly <laughs> like yeah they were both just staying in the same hotel room for this whole weekend yeah and then but then it's the the dude says that the lady he met the lady at the bar the night before did she just not get a hotel room and, like, is banging for roof now? Or... Yeah, I, I mean, maybe that was her goal. And if it was, good on her. It worked. You know what? I appreciate it. Like, you got to use... When you're a woman, you got to use every... You got to use every weapon in <laughs> in, in your belt. Man. Yeah, and, and she does. Um, they're both here for this reunion. Um, Oliver, the assistant guy, is the bellhop. As we mentioned, he somehow got a a job at this hotel where he was last found with multiple corpses. Um, but they're in the same four four dead bodies, dude. Four dead bodies, and this dude gets a job in the same place. And they're staying in that room, and he's like, "Oh, there's a bad energy." And I'm like, "You would know." Um, she has a dream about this a dead rat on their room service tray and she's just basically like oh 
the scary dreams I had as a teenager are back now that I'm in Springwood again. And and it is established that Freddy Krueger's powers only work in Springwood. Is that correct? Um, it's, it, it's, it's not something that's like explicitly covered in most of the movies until part six when mm-hmm. he is his kind of goal is to find a way to expand his power beyond Springwood. But before that, it's not necessarily explicit, but it only takes place in Springwood. Okay. Um, yeah, who knows? Freddy's wearing a grad cap. It's kind of cute. Um, he's like, it used to be kids just dropped out. Now they drop dead. Um, and basically, yeah, so the dude who was sleeping with Denise, he needs to finish his screenplay because, sure, I think the writer was, you know, doing that thing where they he had writer's block and looked around the room and was like, what can I write about? And he's like, well, a loser writer who can't finish a screenplay. How about that? Yeah, like, it's, like, self-referential, right? Yeah, like, it's meta. <laughs> and a little bit lazy in this particular scenario. Oh, yeah. Um, but his his uh, producer calls him, is like, you need to finish the screenplay. And they make a joke about, like, oh, are the Three Stooges still haunting you? And I'm like, oh, it's the producer that we talked about in part one. It all comes full you know circle. What? I appreciate the yeah. illusion. Um, and so... Yeah, he's like typing on a typewriter in the hotel room. He tried to trick Denise with a fake plastic rat because, first of all, the joke shops in Springwood are on point, and also he is a jerk. <laughs> um, this nerd guy shows up. No, she she sees him like when they're setting up the gym or something. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, she meets up with her like best friend from uh-huh. high school, who's married now, and then and then the nerdy guy comes. Yeah, up. and his name is, I believe. Howard Nehampkin? <laughs> yeah, like how it was Howard or Harold, I can't remember now. But the last name was Nehampkin for sure, right? I, is that is that an allusion to like a writer on Nightmare on Elm Street or like not or... some not one that I've ever heard of. Um, okay. I took it that his first name was Howard Nee, but the 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 knee is really tripping tripping you up. I don't know where it lives. Yeah, like, how do you spell it? I don't know. And it, it basically turns into an SNL sketch. Sketch. He's such a poindexter. Yeah, which, I get it, it's the 80s, right? But, like, for my personal brand, right, I constantly talk about comic books and video games and board games and, and tabletop and, like, all that stuff, right? right? And I'm like, that dude is me right now, <laughs> that's what everybody thought of people like me in the 80s and now 30 years later all or no 40 excuse me 40 years later um we're we're the cool kids now well look jpg it helps that you're all handsome and suave and whatnot so i don't know that you can you're welcome i don't know that you necessarily understand the. i'm really glad yeah i'm really glad we got this on recording now i'm just gonna play this back to myself when i'm having a bad day um that's what we're here for this is our moment of affirmation <laughs> oh thank <laughs> You're welcome. you um but yeah no it, it is it is a wild character there is a, a joke dropped that um only 19 people have rsvp'd because almost half the people <laughs> that went to their high school are dead um yeah and it's implied that like freddie was getting even with the people who were mean to him in high school which is not his his mo yeah, but then also, like, if you think about it, if, if half of the people were mean to him in high school, that 
you're you're either a jerk or everybody around you is a jerk and i think what's more likely is that he was the jerk yeah uh, well uh yes um sorry I'm, I'm thinking to the movie continuity which is not fair to attach to this show because they don't deserve oh it. no okay think t- tell me about the movie okay continuity. well basically freddy krueger is and i quote the bastard son of a thousand maniacs or a hundred maniacs yes yeah it's uh, and i read about this um it's because his mom was like a nun and then she accidentally gets locked in like like a, a mental institution yeah she, right? she's a nun and a nurse at this asylum and she gets like locked oh in God. over the winter break or something yeah it's like a three-day weekend or something where there's yeah. just no guards at this asylum how uh, anyway sorry please keep um, going yeah so like we do get some glimpses of freddy's past in freddy's dead the final nightmare and there's like kids chanting at him like son of a hundred maniacs son of a hundred maniacs and i imagine that these are the kids but that that movie came later it doesn't matter um they don't deserve it freddy krueger is a monster um yes 100 percent in canon he is a yes. monster um and so they're talking of basically this woman has been lived far away from Springwood in the intervening years because she's like, oh yeah, Howard used to hang out with that Freddy Krueger guy. Whatever happened to him? And it's like, oh honey, I have forty four episodes of a TV <laughs> show to show you. Yeah, did you not ever follow the news for your? For, I mean, like it's national news at some uh, at some point. At at one we point, that right? Threshold. If you have all these random. If you have all these random, beautiful teenagers just outright dying, that's going to be on national TV, especially if they're oh, white. Oh, yeah. A white boy got eaten by his bed. That's going on the news. Yeah. 100% people are want are going to want to know about that. <sighs> yeah. Oh, my God. And there's also, they talk about how, like, apparently he wore that red and green sweater every day in high school. And I'm like, okay, so Freddie just fully has always been like this, apparently. Yeah, like, you know, uh, thinking that, you know, being a dream demon and like and having all this time to yourself, you think at least your personal aesthetic would would evolve over time. Yeah, God, I I'm glad that I'm not a dream demon wearing what I wore in high school because I would just be so embarrassing. Oh, my God. I had a really strong boy band phase. Oh, like trying to imitate boy bands or were you wearing like Backstreet Boys shirts like. Oh no no! Trying to imitate uh, uh, the 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 style of dress in okay. boy bands. I, yes. I can see that. I see that for you. Yeah, we can bring it back. <laughs> um, but yeah. So oh, so this is the part where she's asking like, what happened to him? And her friends like, oh well, he you know, he molested and murdered children. And this is actually this is the Freddie property that like canon canonizes that that is what he did. Because previously he's only been referenced as a child murderer, excuse me, as opposed to like a the uh, there being a sexual element to it. Oh, um, I mean, or that that's the way it was in the original script, but they they cut the molestation part because of some like contemporary like molestation that was in the news, and they didn't want to mm. like hearken to that. So this mm-hmm. is the first Freddy property that's like, yep, that's what he did. <laughs> Um, which is extra weird because of how they're treating him in this episode. Um, but yeah, so she's like, oh yeah, Freddie asked me to the senior prom and I let Cindy talk me into saying yes, but we didn't answer the door when he showed up. Um, which honestly, man, if anybody's getting murdered, 
It should probably be that girl, man. That's awful. That is really shitty. I mean, I'm not, I, of course, I'm not excluding all of the terrible, like, child molestation and murder that, that Freddy Krueger yeah, did. Yeah, I mean, I don't like, think he was doing it at that they're point. They're damaging elements. Yeah, right? They're damaging elements, right? Like, I think that's an awful thing to do to a person in general. Yes. No, it, it's just, yeah, don't do not do that to people. Um, but yeah, so then the guy is continuing to write his thing. Howard Nehamkin shows up and he's like, I've seen every movie you've ever written. Attack of the Fungus People? Flesh Hound? Um, and it's so funny to me when screenwriters have to come up with the names for horror movies because they sound like exactly no movie that has ever existed. <laughs> um... But yeah, so Howard Nehamkin's like, you want to see my screenplay? And he's like, sure, what the fuck? Who cares? Um, and then basically the the woman starts having Freddy dreams that he's showing up like in a tux with a corsage and he's like pinning it on with his very veiny hand, um, but also with an arrow. Yeah, and then, yeah, was it an arrow? I thought it was an ice pick. I don't know. I was watching on my phone screen. Oh yeah, so was I. So <laughs> who knows? Um, she does end up with scissors in her gut, so not the only, she's, you know, adding to the corpses in this hotel room. And if you had this many people die in Springwood, and then you roll over this woman, she has, uh, like, scissors in her gut, Uh right? Why is the first, like, inclination, like, oh yeah, she definitely slipped. Well, she didn't slip. She was definitely on the bed, like, rolled over like she was asleep. Yeah, it's, god, no one can pick up what freddie's putting down no one understands <laughs> and at this point right if half of your if half of your high school class was dead you have multiple teenagers dead as well these are in the hundreds these numbers are in the hundreds that people die mysteriously in their sleep with all these horrific yes. wounds who who, <laughs> who is like the sheriff of this town or like like who who is solving all these murders like, oh, you know we we got a sleeping problem here in springwood <laughs> it's nothing i can do about it time to go back home and watch i don't know dukes of hazard <laughs> um but yeah so the screenwriter's like well i'm gonna write about a, my screenplay about a dream killer and it's like wow what an idea um then we do go to the high school reunion. There is a hilarious moment where a line of people simultaneously drink punch out of paper cups like they're synchronized. Oh, yeah. And then um, the lady makes uh, what's-his-face dance with her. Yes. Right? But but first, they, they chat about how, like, 146 members of their graduating class are dead. And one of them's like, I've run out of sympathy cards. And I'm like... Does everyone get born with a finite amount of sympathy cards? <laughs> right? Like, did you did did you just buy as many as you could? And and let's let's postulate, right, that like she just bought as many as she could at one time and then just cannot buy them ever again for some weird uncapitalistic yeah, reason. Yeah. Like Hallmark existed uh, at this point. Why did you why did you buy 146 cards all at the same well, time? Well, maybe she needed one, but she went to Costco. She's, so she was like, well, oh, I have this giant stack yeah. weighing me down. Well, well, I have this pack. I hope a bunch of people get murdered. Good for her. They did. <laughs> that was a lot of good forethought. Well, now it's 147, right? Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. Because, okay, I just remembered her name. It was Denise, yes. right? Okay. 
And so, yeah, she is dancing with the guy. And this is Cindy, the girl who convinced Denise to kind of prank him at prom. Carrie, Carrie style. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then she thinks she's next. And then, but he's like, let's not jump to conclusions. And Freddie's like, why not? Can I cut in? And then he starts slashing people and like dancing around. It's, it, it, it is like the prom scene in Carrie, but bad. Um, he, he dips someone to death. And then again, of course, he closes the door telekinetically. It, it's like if, if Carrie was a bad stand-up comedian, this is kind of how it would look. Yeah, and then like somehow Freddie understands like like HVAC like um like tubing and pipes, and then he he pipes in poison gas, which if you can't buy more sympathy cards, but you can buy poison gas in the city. I don't like what what is the economy depending on right yeah, now? Yeah, also Freddie just exists. <laughs> um yeah, and like everybody can see him and stuff. Yeah, although oh, okay, this is a dream cuz Larry wakes up, he was asleep on his typewriter, but then Freddie mm-hmm. shows up again. He's like, "You can't do my life story without my permission. You got to pay for the rights with your life. You got to have the heart to tell the story." He's just yammering on. Yeah, and then that's when he pulls out the yes, heart. Yes, that's when he pulls out the heart. And then his body's discovered by Oliver, right? Yeah. And and Howard and Hampkin. <laughs> oh, my God. Howard and Hampkin. I forgot I about it. I hate myself. No, no. I hate myself for that one. I'm really Look, sorry. To me, there is nothing funnier than saying, like, a long phrase very quickly. So it really it tickles me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then Howard and Hampkin, he, he checks the pulse. And then, and then it confirms that he's dead. Oliver thinks he's drunk, but Oliver has now seen five dead bodies in this freaking room now. Yes, and and what he has to say about it, um, you know, summing up all of his psycho psychological trauma is Mondo disgusto. Mondo disgusto. I literally wrote this down to talk about this. <laughs> At least he didn't say right. What do you think? Yeah. What do you think? oliver's home life is like right like like what do you what got him to this point to be so desensitized to murder that it that his his answer to that is dated pop culture references um it's this is not necessarily an answer to your question but thinking about his home life i do think he does not have a permanent mailing address i think he walks into a different house every night and is like i live here (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right like you like he lives in a van but he definitely does not own the van <laughs> not at all <laughs> um and yeah oliver's like well i'm gonna go tell the front desk that there's been a murder and then he's like and then i'm out of here too many negative waves um of course howard and hampkin steals the screenplay and then freddie's holding the screenplay to a nightmare on elm street and is like Old buddy Howard sold his screen. Oh, I guess he is called Howard. So Nehamkin is his last name. <laughs> um, he's like he sold his screenplay, and the rest is history. And I'm like, you did Wes Craven so dirty with this horrible meta situation. So then, okay, but then like Freddie lets Howard live because he was his buddy. And then like, and then Howard has all these like nice things to say about Freddie, and I'm like, bro, they just established in the universe that he, that he was very, very gross of a person. <laughs> like, how are you just gonna stand up for him right now, man? Yeah, Howard Nehampkin is also a monster. We like, we need to, you know, 
call it out where credit is due. We have to establish it. Yeah, because he was like, oh, yeah, he wasn't that bad once you got to know him. Like, bro, he... Like, he molested, like, 12 children, and then the solution for this was to burn him alive. Yeah, and Howard, and he's like, well, he helped me with my math homework. Oh, my God. Get the... Get out. Just get out, dude. Like, and then, like, he's... Like, Freddy implies, he specifically implies that he lets Howard live, right? Like, he's just like, oh, yeah, like, my old buddy, he's doing great out in friggin' Los Angeles now, and, like... Oh, man, that, like, infuriates me. Now I need to know of what horror series follows Howard, because he definitely turned into a murderer also. God, I'd, I, if they made one, I wouldn't watch it. I mean, I, I, I would love to hear the name Howard Nehamkin spoken over and over again, but I would not want to watch this man do anything <laughs> ever again. God. He, you know, the actor did an incredible job did. with making sure that we hated this dude. He really did. Con- congrats to him. Uh, here's your Oscar. Um, okay, so we're finally at the end. Um, so it's time for final thoughts. Was this episode a dream? Was it a nightmare? Or did it put you to sleep? Uh, I think, uh, you know what? I have to say, I did kind of enjoy this, this episode. So I'm going to call this a dream. Mostly because, um, we got to see... You, you, you got to establish some really interesting in-canon stuff about Freddy Krueger. Um, you, got, you got to see one Asian person not playing a stereotypical True. Asian person. Um, they portrayed, uh, you know, you usually don't see this, especially in 80s films, but they portrayed an older woman being, like, very beautiful and attractive and provocative. And I kind of like that. Yeah, you know... And I'm actually also landing on Dream. Like, this episode is very extremely stupid, especially when it tries to deal with the Freddy mythos, but also in a way that's so daffy and endearing most of the time. You're like, what the what the hell is going on? Now, I do gotta ask, right? Like, you had me watch two episodes. I sure did. Were there any were there any episodes that just outright blew you away? Like, I'm not talking about like I, I I'm not expecting like get out <laughs> levels of like oh my gosh I love yeah. this right? But like, were there any that just really surprised um, you? There are definitely ones that have been like l- less equivocally like a dream. Um, <laughs> okay. Like, sorry, I'm 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 gonna scroll through the list and see if there's one that stands out. It's definitely an earlier one. Like maybe, mm. um killer instinct which is one about like a an amulet that like makes a girl good at running um that one i i'm sorry what yeah um that one i thought was had a really tight script and was really fun to watch Uh um uh, yeah i think that's probably my favorite that might be the only good one (laughs) (laughs) um there there are always moments in this show like of a good line or a good like shot or something but generally it's it's just whack-ass bullshit like this (laughs) oh god i'm absolutely sure everybody who donated to this are like yeah same brennan oh they're not watching they're just listening to me suffer Um, but yes, let's, uh, let's remind everybody where can they find your shows out in the world, out on the internet? Yeah. 
Of course. Uh, once again, I'm JPG. I am one of the co-hosts for Inquestive Geek, uh, guiding your next pop culture journey. And you can find our shows at Inquest of Geek. I am also uh, one of the characters for Nerds on a Roll. Uh, I play the Steel Spectre on their most recent season. And uh, you can find that at N-O-A-R underscore podcast. And then last but not least, I'm actually going to be one of the new characters on Moon Harbor Heroes. Uh, I'll be playing the Blade of Sorrows. And uh, I oh, you can find them at Moon Harbor Cast uh, on Twitter. Sounds like a plan, as you should. I'm, I'm very excited to check out that show. Aw, um, oh, thank you. And yeah, you can find me on Twitter at It's Raining Brens and Instagram at The Burning Clem. Our artwork was created by Henry Hall. If you'd like to support trans artists, and you should, you can send him a commission at henryhall.design. Our theme song is Living in a Dream by Pseudo Echo. Rate and review us wherever you get us. Next episode, where JPG is free to roam and will not be guesting, um, here's what uh, we'll be talking about in Season 2, Episode 13, What You Don't Know Can Kill You. When a lecherous psychiatrist, off to a great start, hypnotizes a female patient and seduces her. Dear Lord. Okay, I'm gonna. this is going to be bad. Um, <laughs> he's caught by a colleague, so he resorts to drastic measures to cover up his crime. And then he gets elected to the Supreme Court. Um, I, oh, I added that last word. Too soon, Brennan. Too soon. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, a man who has, accident, who has accidentally murdered... That's the end of that sentence is coerced by his girlfriend into undergoing plastic surgery to change his appearance. But they unknowingly choose the face of a mobster who recently turned state's evidence and is being pursued by a hitman. <laughs> so you can just pick a face off a, off a rack, I guess. Yeah, like, is there like a... It, you remember, like, when you were younger and you got haircuts and there was, like, a photo book of, like, different terrible dated <laughs> yes. haircuts? Is that how is that how they fought, like plastic surgery works? yeah you're just flipping through a binder like at a tattoo parlor or whatever you know just like that one give it that i yeah, want i, I want that the guy <laughs> anyway yeah catch that next time i guess um until then uh sweet dreams everybody Bye bye